everyone. Welcome to episode 10 of Sports Law. The four horsemen are back. Mike is alive and well. He's back from Colorado. It was my birthday yesterday, so I'm 22 now, which is crazy. I'm going to be hosting this week. There's a lot of different sports to cover, a lot of different things to talk about. But I wanted to start off talking about some things and sports that no one really seems to talk about as much uh, in recent times. I wanted to discuss uh, some things about the WNBA, some things about the NWSL Challenge Cup. I wanted to touch on some lacrosse, about the Premier Lacrosse League and Major League Lacrosse. Uh, we're going to discuss some NBA bubble. We're going to discuss the recent story that came out in the Washington Post about the currently Washington football team. We'll figure out how we're going to do this. But why don't we start off with talking about what is going on with the WNBA. Um, for those that don't know, they are restarting their season at the IMG Academy in Bradenton, Florida. Basically, what's been going on with the WNBA bubble is that they are, well, first of all, a lot of the dorming, a lot of a lot, a lot of the dorm housing that they're living in is subpar at best. And I guess that's what comes with staying at a, a glorified prep school. There's a bunch of players that are opting out either for civil rights issues, human rights issues, or they just don't feel fit to play. And one of the things that I wanted to talk about was Elena Deladon, who currently on the Washington Mystics, um, one of the best players in the WNBA, if not the best player in the WNBA, was trying to opt out due to medical reasons. Um, she recently put out a thing in the Players' Tribune talking about how she has to take 64 pills a day to deal with her certain medical conditions. I believe one of them is Lyme disease. Um, and I just wanted to get everyone's opinion about how the WNBA has been dealing with the situation. Do we feel that they're refusing to allow her to leave because of the fact that she's one of the stars of the league and they need to try to get people in? Or how are we feeling about that? For, well, I know Elena Daldon. She won an MVP award in the past. She is one of their star remarkable players and all of that. But I feel like they're just trying to keep as many players as they can, which is kind of understandable on one point of or one side. But it's also very dumb on a PR point because Elena Daldon, who does suffer from Lyme disease and some autoimmune deficiencies and stuff like that, it puts her at uh, unnecessary risk for the restart of the season. And it's not like they basically gave her the option basically, you cannot come and forfeit your salary or you can come play basically and risk your health. Like, this is not like the NBA where like play athletes, like star athletes, get like 25, 30 mil a year. She, she gets around probably like two, 250,000 a year. Last time I checked up WNBA, I think it was around that range for the highest paid players. So it's one of those things where she can't really take that hit for uh, the rest of the like that financial hit. It's not like she'll have as much of the back end to miss that much of a salary cut. I know you get endorsements, all that stuff, but it's still not millions and millions of dollars versus, for instance, her salary, which whatever it would be with the WNBA uh, restarting, whatever they have it negotiated at. So it's kind of unfair to put that on an athlete, one of those star athletes, instead of being understanding, like for instance, Maya Moore, who chose the salary season for uh, civil rights issues and stuff like that. Like you gotta, you gotta be both ways. You gotta, if someone has to take 64 pills to pay play because of uh, Lyme disease, they should be able to sit out. It's not rocket science. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I think a, it seems like a lot of players, uh, especially, have uh, like all these a lot of medical troubles that you know are you know even if Corona wasn't happening that they should be sitting out anyway. Uh, especially uh, uh, 
what's her name? Uh, Tina Charles from the New York Liberty, who was granted uh, an exception. She's currently on the Mystics now. Well, she got, yeah, she got traded to the Mystics, but formerly on the Liberty. Yeah, yeah, and then she, you know, you know, she's dealing with you know new system issues as it is. So obviously, um, obviously, she's in a lot worse shape than uh, some of these other players. But even you know, and as they say, any uh, any extenuating medical conditions that's only going to uh, exemplify if you were to get the virus. So um, to not give uh, her a medical exemption, even though, even as she has Lyme disease, I don't know, it doesn't seem too right for uh, sitting right with me. But my thought about yeah. it is that she can do whatever she wants. I mean, I don't think this is a good look for the WNBA, and I get that maybe she's relying on that paycheck. Um, but really, this is up to her. The WNBA is not forcing her to play. They're they're saying either play and get your paycheck, or don't play and don't get your paycheck. But I mean, is that really different than the millions of Americans who are facing that same decision right now with their jobs? I mean, so many of them, it's either work and get paid or don't work and don't get paid. Uh, so I, I don't really think that I think that I think that the WNBA is in a bad position here because this comes off as an awful PR move. Uh, but I think, and this is Elena Del Don's decision and only her decision. But again, this is something that millions of Americans are dealing with. It's not just her and it's not just the WNBA. They have to decide, is their life worth risking for their money or no? I'd like to say one thing. No, uh, she's a MVP caliber player still. She's one MVP. She makes money for the WNBA. Like, she doesn't she deserve a little bit more like leverage compared to someone who is like a role player or like just like a it's not like someone who uh flips patties at a burger shop that was forced to close it's someone who makes a lot of money for a company and she's told no you can't take a break because you're deemed for some other reason that you're not eligible to sit out when your health is at risk because i don't know how fair that is because she is one of their like one of the most marketable assets like i know she is i'm not a big wma follower I know about five players in that league, but I know who she is, and that means something because it's like she's a name with name recognition, and that's a WNBA need that needs that. So it's not something that should be discounted as well. She's just uh, any other American when she's not. She's one of the face of that league, so I don't think you could discount it as that. I just don't see it like uh, I just I just see it as she has a decision to make, just like a lot of other people have a decision to make, and I see it as the league shouldn't just make an exception just for her just because she's a star player well i mean they've let other players off the hook like it's like and well, that's I a act- i don't agree with that either so you say what happens in the nba are they allowed to give exceptions what's the difference i wouldn't so no matter what you would have to play or get or not get your paycheck yeah okay that's that's your opinion i guess i disagree with that completely because there's legitimate reasons to sit out i agree i think that there are legitimate reasons to sit out i, I think that with the WNBA, i don't really know what they're trying to do because obviously deladon is for a league that's suffering when it comes to um, financial things and attendance. And obviously there being no attendance this year, that's not going to help out things, but um, trying to stay afloat. I know players like Sabrina Inescu and Arike Ngumbawale um, who have just recently come out uh, in, in terms of the WNBA draft and come into the league. I know that they um, are going to slowly become the marketable people, but in terms of the marketable people now, I mean, you look at players like, like EDD. I mean, Tina Charles is one of them. Emma Mieselman, who was also, 
in the Mystics at the time, Brittany Griner, uh, Diana Taurasi. There's a bunch of different players that you can market the league around. Um, and to not have her play, especially because players like Maya Moore and like Charles aren't playing, two highly marketable players, especially Maya Moore. He was really good at UConn and then came over and helped the Lynx win a couple championships uh, in Minnesota. It's 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 not a good look for, for the league at all. Um, pay or not pay, I think it's important to be on the side of the players in any league for this because I think that what you're showing is is that if you're against the players and you're saying we're going to deny this even though she literally has a condition that would you know subject her to possibly sitting out the season because she has some compromised thing um, that's not going to make your league look good and that's not going to make people want to uh, you know go towards your product in the future so I hope that things can be um, worked out within the future and if she wants to sit to, if she wants to sit out the season she can um, I just hope that something can be worked out um, off that I wanted to talk more about you know um, because I'm trying to talk about oh Jason has a point uh, we should also just mention though even though we're talking about this we should mention that the mystics her team have said they will pay her salary no matter what right which is you know as they should it's it I, I think that it's different when it comes to you know different leagues if she's again if it's a legitimate reason if it's not just like I don't want to play because I don't want to play if it's a legitimate reason then pay her because like she needs that money to survive considering for the you know basketball is her life and and eventually she'll have to go play overseas like most WNBA players do which most people don't know about but they play overseas once the WNBA season ends because it's only like 34 games but a large chunk of her salary yearly is due you know is is from W is from the WNBA so giving her that salary because of a reason that she actually needs it I mean and no one should have to take 64 pills a day in anything like that's insane that she's taking and that might be an exaggerated number but even if about that many pills yeah and and how old your grandmother uh 88 and and how old's elena delgado isn't she like in like her late 20s early 30s early 30s which is just that's a huge gap i'm good you know medically good at that point not not medically good one bit um, but uh, if no one else has any points, I wanted to go, kind of go off of what's going on with the WNBA, and I wanted to talk about leagues that my aren't other, getting as – My other point is if they're not getting sick from their pers- own personal health, they might be getting sick from the food that they're being given in these bubbles. Yeah, that you – know, it depends. Well, it depends on what on – It doesn't what look it is. good. It is not – I mean <laughs> – I would take it if I was them because it's free. I don't know what they're giving out at the IMG Academy because, like, like we don't I mean, know what's going on. Compared to what Brandon. LeBron's eating versus what some of these other gals are eating, it's, like, two different worlds. Well, the living situation is already terrible because they've literally found, like, rodents and bugs in their rooms. That's and it's, like, not good at all. But then again, that's a problem on IMG Why? Academy yeah. because IMG Academy needs to do better with that. I mean, it's, they're basically running an operation that's similar to. I mean, it's they don't even really care about academics there. The whole point of the the whole point of it there is is if you're an elite athlete, come here, you'll get really good, and then we'll get you into the pros in some way. So like, they need to kind of like step up their game if they want positive reviews in the future because like they don't want some 22 year old from New Jersey trying to bash them because of something that's going on with the uh, with the coronavirus. So uh, IMG academy step up your game (laughs) but um so off this i kind of wanted to go on to talking about you know some sports that don't get enough love like the WNBA. um and and this is just you know this is just how things go so the uh, the WNBA, the nwsl challenge cup which has been going on since since june uh prem you know you know the pll which is like a long-running joke here the premier lacrosse league major league lacrosse uh the pba 
um, besides bowling. But, you know, all of these things, even, even Curling Night in America, shout out Curling Night in America on NBC Sports Network at the Duluth Training Center, at the Duluth Training Center, you know, good times, good times. But it's, there, you know, there's a lot. Yeah, shout out Pete Weber for breaking his dad's record of most U.S. Open titles. Who do you think you are? I am. What a legend. But a lot of this stems from TV contracts. And obviously that's the big thing in the game is how do we get money? How do we get exposure? TV. Um, they just released the, um, the WNBA schedule in terms of televised games. I think that New York Liberty are actually leading that because of Sabrina Inescu being the number one pick. Um, uh, from For those who don't know, Sabrina Inescu is a god. Uh, she's a goddess. She's a goddess. No, she's a, a god. No, it doesn't. Whatever. She, she's really good at, bat, at women's basketball. Um, uh, and uh, she was the number one pick this year. Came from Oregon. Um, is our, Her jersey already has sold out several times on the WNBA shop. And that's uh, that's that's a credit to her bringing publicity to the team um, who previously hadn't had any for a little bit. But, you know, talking about that, the NWSL Challenge Cup has been going on for a month and it seems like not enough people are talking about it because even though they have a TV contract with CBS, it's on CBS All Access, which again, paid subscription thing. And if it's on anything else, they had the first game on CBS, you know, main, but they've had all other games on CBS Network, Sports Network, which most people don't have. And then I think they might have another one on CBS, but I don't know for sure. I know that the MLL has the same thing um, kind of, but their games are either on ESPN2 or ESPN Plus, and only three of their games are on ESPN2, so that's even less exposure. Uh, the PBA used to be on ESPN. Now they're on Fox, but they're on FS1 and FS2, which most people don't have FS2, so that's another problem. Um, and the... Um, uh, is it FS2? Yeah, there is an FS2. See? That's... Really? Like, that, was that That helps to talk about the problem. And it, But somehow the PLL has more games in terms of televised things than like any of these leagues because they have a contract with NBC and or I guess maybe not the against the WNBA but they have a contract with NBC and only three of their games are on NBC Sports Gold which is their paid subscription thing the rest of them are either on NBC Sports Network and four of their games are on NBC so with these leagues and trying to get exposure with TV contracts just what are our thoughts about it what like how do we think that you know leagues in 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 that are struggling or leagues that are smaller what do they need to do to get the eyes of these larger networks to get more of their games and more of their events televised uh, I guess I'll go uh, one it's uh, easy. Be marketable. You gotta get an audience that will watch these. Uh, these programs, these uh, stations, they want ratings. You know, offer ratings. They're not gonna give you airtime, no matter what. You gotta at least give them something. The PLL took advantage of this with NBC when there was no sports going on. They made struck a good deal with the NBC so they could get games aired. Oh, gotta, they, they've had a good deal for a while. They've been with NBC since the start. Sorry. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not good at my PLL now. Now it's an expert of the call. So, but I like it's these things where you gotta make good deals and just also have marketable players. You gotta be a sport that can attract attention. Like, uh, no offense to bowling. I don't know. The reason why bowling is going on ESPN is probably because of ratings. These are million dollars, sometimes billion dollar companies. I'm not gonna put something that does that hurts. It's just easy as that. There's no ESPN Ocho anything like that to put it on like uh for instance uh like it's just crazy to see that um uh, there's a in the chat they're talking about espn 8 baby sorry <laughs> ESPN uh, 8, the, Ocho. the East, great movie dodgeball great movie by the way uh but speaking of obscure do, sports yes dodgeball, dodgeball. 
Yes, but you gotta be marketable. Like, people don't, like, today, people can watch anything on the phone. You got a shorter attention span than ever. You don't got that younger audience who just sit inside and watch ESPN sometimes. Like, you don't have that audience anymore. So you gotta put some entertaining stuff on. So if you don't have anything to offer, if you're not, don't have great Twitter game or anything like that, you lose out on viewers. That's one of the reasons why baseball is losing out is because they don't reach a younger audience. Lacrosse is a better chance of reaching a younger audience than baseball sometimes. If they have more people playing it, if they can reach out more. I know at my school we had uh, lacrosse was pretty big at Eastern, my uh, high school, for instance. Or like field hockey was the big thing. Shout out to Eastern Regional High School's uh, field hockey team. The coach just retired, but number one in the nation so many times. Sorry, I'm, I'm losing track of my thought. But we all went to Eastern. Don't try to act like this is your high school. It's my high school, okay? <laughs> Shut up. I'm the only one who stayed in the area. That's how I count. <laughs> yeah, sure. But all right, uh, anyway, those smaller teams, <laughs> smaller uh, leagues, they have more to Gotta, It's hard to, they gotta have the entertaining in some way. Because you can't just have a sport that people not invested in, don't go game, and so on. And apparently I'm having mic trouble as well. So, just, 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 just give it up to Mike. <laughs> give it up to Jason. All right, what do you take over, Alex? You cut out everything I said except the Ocho. Go, yeah, you go. Come on. You need to, you need to get your mic fixed, bro. Um, yeah, obviously, like. I mean, it, it's pretty self-explanatory. Like Noah said, you got to market yourselves. And if you can get onto these bigger networks, that's going to be huge because people are watching bigger networks. I don't know so much. I mean, CBS Sports Networks, you know, you know, is good. But like even like I feel like NBC Sports, Fox Sports is even that much bigger as far as as far as you take those uh main sports networks uh even espn as well but you know it's a it's definitely a well-known network i think they should i think it's definitely a good deal it should uh open the sport up more to more people as that's you know what they're trying to do they're trying to you know more times they can get games uh game viewership from more and more people as much as they can the more the sport's going to grow obviously so um definitely a good job by the wnba i know uh at Adam Silver, the commissioner of the NBA, was very supportive of it. So, yeah, it looks like, you know, uh, a good deal. We should be seeing more and more WNBA basketball in the future. Go ahead. These sports that don't necessarily draw the biggest uh, audiences in person and on TV, uh, like the lacrosse and all that, I mean, I don't blame the TV networks for not wanting to put them on ABC. Honestly, if I was on ABC, I no disrespect to the sport, but I wouldn't watch it. I mean, I'm just, I'm not into it. I have no, I have really no interest in it. And they know that they're going to get bigger ratings with something like Modern Family, or I know that just went off the air, but I'm using ABC as an example, something like that. I mean, they know they're going to get bigger ratings with something like that. So I have no problem with them keeping it on the smaller networks. It's a niche audience and it's a niche crowd. That's how I see it. Well, I wasn't trying to, I wasn't trying to state it like that. Um, I, w- I, w- I was more of trying to state it as like, if these leagues want to continue to grow and be at the height of something like the NBA, the NHL, MLB, and the NFL, you know, what needs to be done? Like, like, what I, I guess what I was saying, I'm really high on the PLL, and uh, for someone who really didn't like lacrosse until they went to um, to college and went to school, um, that that is that is bestowed upon the flag behind me, the University of Maryland, uh, because you know because we are the trademark of the world. All right, well, Alex, Alex I don't want to interrupt, but yeah, all right. Let's say you didn't go to University of Maryland or something, or you, you went mm-hmm. to somewhere else where lacrosse wasn't a big thing. I guess I don't even. Well, well, then I mean, I mean, then I probably wouldn't think of it the same 
same way, but like, but I mean, like I said, I'm a con- personal I, I, experience. Yeah, to, yeah. You have to draw some personal uh, experience. Like, if you like, it's like almost like back when we first got into hockey. It was like watching the Stanley Cup for the first time, and you know, you saw you know a great, uh, great games between these two teams, and then you started, uh, you know, following you know the Pittsburgh Penguins and start, and then just continued year after year after year. They have to watch it. If they're not watching it, there's no way that they're gonna, uh, you, you know, get. Uh, get there's no way I they're gonna learn about the players. There's no way they're gonna, you know, continue to follow it. I get. No, I get that. I just I mean, if it's gonna be very difficult to grow a sport like that. Oh, well, well, I mean, well, I mean, with lacrosse. Um, not to interrupt you guys, but with lacrosse, and and I know they've been really trying this. They've been trying to expand the brand as much as possible and trying to go to different places where lacrosse isn't prevalent. And like for someone like me who came in not really that big of a fan of lacrosse, even just watching college lacrosse, I like to be a connoisseur of all sports. So I will literally watch anything except for like rhythmic gymnastics and synchronized swimming because like like you can't market that to me as a sport. Even what about marching? I'm not going to go into that argument because like it's not I a just, sport. Just Alex, it's just like it's I just, think it's great. I think it's great that you're into so many sports, but I think it's difficult for a lot of people to be into that many sports. Yeah, and, but I but but yeah. I think that what so going off of what Mike was saying, you need that personal experience in order to get tied to a sport. So like I said, with lacrosse, it didn't take me until actually going to college and watching the game in, you know, in person to understand what the sport was. So I think that's what these sports need to do more is, is market themselves and branch themselves out more and have more, you know, youth camps and things like that to try to market themselves and having these games on TV, even though they might not be the things that people are going to watch, it's going to get more eyes on it than normal because you're going to have a WNBA game on ESPN and people might be scrolling through and saying, well, there's nothing really else on. Why don't we watch the WNBA? So they'll watch the game and maybe they'll like it afterwards. That's kind of what they're hoping with this. Is, is that I, I it's going to, to do expand it, then, it in though. that? I think the way to do it then is incrementally. You don't want to just put the whole season on one of these networks. You want to do one or two games here and here, get a test feel, see what the ratings are, all that good stuff. Yeah, and, and I think that's what these leagues are definitely trying to do. And like I love using the PLL as an example because in terms of its growth towards the major league lacrosse, and both of them are field lacrosse leagues, which means that they're outdoor lacrosse leagues. Both of them have, or especially the PLO has expanded dramatically and they just started in October of 2018. So looking at their social, um, the aspect of it socially. So I like to look at a lot of like social media things in order to determine like the popularity of a league, because I think that that also helps drive things. So the PLO in not even two years already has, I think they're about 26, 25,000 Twitter followers away from the MLO. And the MLO has been around since like 2009, something like that in terms of on Twitter, but the entire league has been around going into its 20th season. Right now, the PLL is trending way up. And even though the MLL is still going on and they're going to have a season, the MLL is trending way down in terms of that. So I think if you can market yourself, especially socially, and you and you understand your audience and you market your audience in the right way, you can do that. I, I know I like that you said social media because, I mean, that is the way that everyone's building their brands these days. I and mean, that's how we're trying to build our brand. Um, but Follow us at SportsLuck1, baby, on you know, Twitter. One thing that hasn't been mentioned yet either uh, for these, I guess, lesser followed or known sports that I think is something that you might not really think about when it comes to this sort of thing, but video games. I mean, if there was more like, if there was more like lacrosse and WNBA and whatever else, video games that younger people could get into, I think that would help. That's a big thing. There's actually, speaking of video games, they don't have obviously any for lacrosse. There's not one for the WNBA. There's not one for the NWSL. There are apparently WNBA players coming into my team, my career mode in, in, in 2K, and they have a WNBA mode in 2K, which I think is good in terms 
of building that. But the PBA has actually either made an app or some video game. And this is like the first time in a while that they've done it. It's not with like some big name person um, or some big name, you know, like video, video game, menu, uh, you know, company, but it's a start. And I didn't even think about that. That's a great thing to mention. Because if you think about it, I mean, it's, I, I think the three biggest games are FIFA, Madden, and 2K. That's, I don't know, I don't know if that's true or not, but FIFA, Madden, and 2K are like the three biggest things. Like, I bet you not a lot of Americans know that much about soccer, but after playing 2K for a couple weeks, they'll know all these people down top to bottom. Do it, Noah, Noah seemed like you wanted to I jump in. I also want to say, rest in peace, and say football. So much better than Madden, just putting that out. It's a shame you had to die because you kept on ripping off stuff from Tim Debo. Rest in peace. better than Madden? NCA was better than Madden. Madden's just a, a garbage. Sorry, EA. I love Madden. Played it every year, but you were doing a bad job. Yeah, we shout forgot out. to, uh, we, you know, uh, I forgot to mention this at the beginning of the pod, but we need to go shout out a few people, don't we? Shout out to the Lizards starting tomorrow. We're, oh, yeah. Shout out to the New York Lizards. Shout out to the MLL. Shout out to the <laughs> Chesapeake Bayhawks 2019 MLL champions um even though again personally i prefer the plo more just in terms of how marketing works um i have been to annapolis before i worked there uh for a couple months um annapolis is a beautiful place they're playing at uh was it navy marine corps something like that memorial stadium or whatever it is but uh beautiful place beautiful city uh great lobster rolls so shout out to annapolis um i do want to uh jason has a question for me but i do want to go shout out a few things because noah wants me to shout out them um so the first thing, yeah so noah so I'm, I'm going to shout out the first thing. Noah's going to shout out the second thing. So first off, we're going to say shout out to Daniel Bard, who I believe, didn't he make the Rockies? Yeah, he made He, made he didn't the make the Rockies teams. opening day roster. Um, he made the Rockies opening day roster this year. This is the first time in seven years that he's appeared at Major League Baseball. So shout out and to you, Daniel Bard, for killing the game. And then Noah. Also shout out to Leeds United, who made the uh, earned promotion back to Premier League for the first time in 16 years. They were one, one of the most prominent teams in England. I think they had a run of four or five years where they were in the top five every year in the Premier League. Then bad ownership financially uh, destroyed the team leading to its relegation. You got a roof for those fans though as they went all the way down to League One which is the third, third tier. tier. Yeah, third tier in uh, England and they just worked their way up with my team West Brom's lost to Huddersfield today. So you're welcome Leeds United uh, as a person whose team has been relegated. I know your pain. For me it's been two years for you, it's been 16. So congrats to all Leeds United fans who stayed with their team. That's some crazy rough stuff, times. man. Leeds United fans have been through the have been through the tough and tough and the rough and rough, and it's it's crazy that they're back, man. Lots of great things going on in soccer this year. Liverpool won the league for the first time. Leeds is probably going to win the championship. Good things going on. But Jason, um, uh, you have a very important question for me, and I'm assuming that this is the most important question of the podcast. So I will I will I will now feel your uh, please 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 send me your uh, please send your question my wife i don't know about that but before you <laughs> started getting into all these uh shout outs random shout outs when we were still talking about viewership and WNBA and lacrosse and all that how do you think that i know you personally don't like vince mcmahon but how do you think that wrestling has been able to grow to the point where they're at because i mean they have their video game they wrestling has video games crowds for wrestlemania and i don't get it <laughs> this thing up? i don't get it i mean this it's this every Everyone knows they've scripted and they were able to build this thing. Social media and YouTube has social media and YouTube has made it like crazy. Like they have one of the biggest YouTube channels and I don't understand. Like I don't understand wrestling. I think that wrestling is one of the dumbest things ever. I was going to say, I thought you were going to mention the XFL because like 
like rip XFL, but like the XFL knew how to market. Okay. The XFL knew how to market their team on social media. Shout out Bailey Carlin. Like they knew how to market their team on social media and they killed it. They were fantastic on social media. And that's what I want other leagues to be like. That's why I like the PLO because the PLO is like personable for the fans. The XFL was like, we're going to do, we know that like, we're not what people consider professional football. We know that this is going to be the alternative, but we're going to like uh, go a hundred percent into that. I think that what the WWE has done in the same way is a, they have people that have become huge things. So like, think about it this way. I think that because the rock was in WWF, then became WWE and became a huge, like worldwide superstar in terms of, um, you know, in terms of acting and John Cena, another one of those people who has become a very, you know, like a world renowned known person that really helps out your brand when you're like, Oh, Hey, where did the rock come from? Oh, he used to be a professional wrestler. Like come here. Like it's the same, like, uh, Brock Lesnar was was a wrestler at Minnesota, national champion wrestler at Minnesota. And then he went to the then he went to UFC. Um, like Mojo Rawley's best friends with Rob Gronkowski, who's you know one of the greatest tight ends of all time. Uh, Ronda Rousey went to the was in the UFC for forever, and then was like, "Yo, I want to go to the WWE because she lost a couple times." So I think she wanted to like save face a little bit, but like that's not for me to say. But they have superstars that have come out and have been successful in other things that have allowed them to then be successful in such a way. And I think that they've bought into the fact that the fans know that like it's fake, but they've just like pushed that more and more. I, 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 but I don't get it. Like, like the WWE in my opinion is stupid and I don't really care if like people hate my opinion on it. Like I think it's dumb, but I mean, that's not for me to try to argue. That's just that's just how I feel. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm I'm sorry to my WWE people that that you're offended by by what I'm saying, but it is what it is. What it is is, is how we do it. But um, so from this talk, let's talk about a league that's actually getting a lot of press these days. Uh, the uh, National Basketball Association, the NBA. Uh, the bubble is going on alive and well down in Lake Buena Vista slash Bay Lake slash Orlando slash whatever the heck you want to call it, wherever Disney's located, Florida. Um, players are hustling and bustling. Um, guys are getting COVID everywhere. Uh, players are breaking the um, are breaking lines in terms of in rules in the bubble. Uh, the anonymous tip lines going off uh, like it's a you know you know like it's Papa John's and they're trying to get a pizza. <laughs> Everything's going crazy. Um, but a couple of things I wanted to talk about were um, I guess I wanted to start off with Zion Williamson. Um, obviously, you know, famed number one pick of the New Orleans. Pelicans who has announced that he's leaving the bubble for family reasons and um, we do not know that <laughs> he is what the heck did you just say Jason how do you not like synchronized swimming what are you talking about synchronized swimming stupid <laughs> get out of here I'm keeping that in the pod by the way it's a good that's a good segment but <laughs> but um, yeah Zion's leaving the bubble and we don't know if he's going to return even though he said he wants to return but like we don't really know how that stuff goes because like players shouldn't like go out and then go back in because like exposure to the outside world so how do we feel about this about players continuing to you know like like little breaches continuing to happen uh, within the bubble well I know as long as Mike doesn't act up again I know uh, Rashawn Holmes former Sixers legend he broke the bubble trying to get some uh, I think takeout or something he was getting some 
left the campus. Uh, most beaches in other sixes legend. Just saying. Uh, but anyway, uh, it's kind of like there's, some beaches are like dumb, like with Sean Holmes saying like that's gonna happen. When people are breaking the protocol, they have uh, the snitch line, which uh, Spencer Dinwiddle said no one should use. Then immediately got used on uh, I think Russell Westbrook and Dwight Howard. That was funny. Uh, and uh, also uh, another thing is with this Zion thing. That's something completely different. He had a family emergency, so he had to leave. That is acceptable. They they have a guideline where he has to get tested every single day when he's outside the bubble. And then it's like, a, I think the last time I saw it was like eight days, depending how long he's out. And you I forgot to, to clarify that one. I forgot to clarify that one. Zion did have a legitimate reason to leave. But like, you know, other guys that aren't in his case don't yeah, have so a legitimate reason. If someone else breaks it, I'm pretty sure they have to quarantine for two weeks. I know that's what happened with Rashawn Holmes, for instance, on the Sacramento Kings rip their uh, title dreams because it's not happening without Rashawn Holmes uh, and so on. <laughs> But, yeah, it's just one of those things where the NBA got to be tough on their players. Players, some people are going to do make mistakes. Some people are just going to be dumb sometimes. It happens. They got, it seems like their snitch line is working, even though some players do not like it, like Dwight Howard and Spencer Dinwiddle. But, hey, it happens, and it helps. It's better to have uh, a couple people kicked out and then have no basketball. I don't know. I think it's stupid. I think it just, uh, you know, makes people combative. I mean, like, in general, like, to be – for the NBA to pay you to snitch on somebody is the most high school thing I've ever heard in my life. Like, I can't believe these are grown men who they, like, have to uh, be paid. Mike, 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 we did what? that during senior trip. What do we do? No, no, you weren't in the – room but it was me ethan i think nikki gabardi and tyler staus and we like prank called someone at all-star sports during senior trip so like that's legitimately a high school thing yeah because like yeah. <laughs> yeah so like to be tad to, to i mean i get what they're trying to do they're trying to make sure everyone's following and complying with the guidelines and i guess some people are being a little more lax with it than others but i mean i think you just have to you know be smart at this point you know someone's clearly doing something that they shouldn't be uh clearly leaving the bubble or going out when they obviously are supposed to be inside the bubble and they're getting paid to stay inside um yes they shouldn't be you know doing anything that's uh you know create you know where they're in crazy violation but to have to do you know phone calls and uh you know actually and actually getting money they're actually like <laughs> being motivated to do this I don't know. It seems a bit too childish. Childish. Wait, Mike. But can you just imagine though, like Joel and B just roasting someone for getting tattletailed on, like the on oh, the yeah, snitch line? I can totally, I can totally, I can totally imagine the conversations that are being set, uh, that are being had in Orlando right now. I can, I can, <laughs> I can totally, I can't, I can't believe they're allowing it. But I don't know. I get what they're trying to do. It just seems like uh, there has to be some other way they can be better at controlling. I don't know. Oh, just imagine though, Joel and B just just roasting to White Howard saying, don't make me snitch on you again. Yeah. <laughs> like, man, what? You know, like, I mean, that's going to come back to bite him. You know that is. Also, Joel Embiid, I don't, I don't think he snitched on anyone, by the way. I'm just, just joking because it seems like something Joel Embiid would do in Smack Talk oh, and all totally, that stuff. Because yeah. Joel Embiid's a legend. Right. And they're totally throw, they're going to be joking about this for a while. I think you get one chance. You get one mistake. Uh, you get one mess up and that's it. If you want to not mess up, but reason, I guess mess up or reason if you want to leave the bubble and you come back and you follow all the quarantine protocols then 
that's fine. You're not leaving again. You get one chance to come back, and that's it. And same thing with, like, the Rashawn Holmes things. If he, he made a mistake, that's his one mistake. If he does something like that again, then he's out. I think that's, I th- I think that's a good way of doing it. Um, uh, one more quick thing about the WNBA, and then I want to get on to our last topic before top five in trivia. Um, so for those who haven't seen, uh, JaVale McGee and, uh, and Matisse Thibel, of, um, so JaVale McGee obviously on the Lakers, Matisse Thibel on the Sixers. Um, uh, uh, JaVale McGee has a YouTube channel, but he has recently started vlogging about uh, the NBA bubble, and Matisse Thibel um, has just started a YouTube channel where he's vlogging about the bubble. And both of them have garnered a couple million views already, several hundred thousand subscribers, uh, Casey Neistat is now following Matisse uh, is now subscribed to Matisse Thibel, which is great. Um, he's, he's editing his own videos, all this good jazz. Uh, but it begs the question, will we see other players in other sports or, you know, other players in the, in, in the NBA doing things similar to this as their bubble start? I mean, I know for going back to lacrosse, Paul Rabel, who's the co-founder of the PLL and a player on, on, on Atlas lacrosse club has his own YouTube channel and has already been doing things in terms of the bubble, but are we going to be seeing other players maximize on this? And, you know, maybe this is a way to get their names and to get the, the recognition of their league out there and to get people that aren't necessarily, following the sport following the sport in ways that they didn't think that were possible anyone can start here uh i guess i'll go again because i always take lead because i'm the best uh just uh saying uh one uh what's on one thing i like to say is with uh people get or players get using social media to take advantage this is good anytime seeing martin steibel doing that is good but anyway all i want to say is when players are more involved it's good for the sport no matter what sport the people if they get more players involved like that it's good uh, I'm having tech difficulties so I'm going to disappear for a little bit but I'm still the best now I will be back alright so we're down to three people for the time being one of you two speak <laughs> <laughs> Noah is the worst. <laughs> Damn straight. Mike, say something. Come on. You have thoughts. You have a mind. I mean, I don't know. Like, what? Jason, go ahead. <laughs> if you guys, if you guys, let's just say, is this a good thing? So you guys don't have to go into detail about it. Just yes or no, is this a good thing? Is what? what? That people are promoting? Well, I mean, like, in the ways, you know, like, they're do, they're using different platforms to do it. What do I you mean different platforms? Because, like, there's not many guys with YouTube channels in the NBA. So like, we cut, like, this, like, last like minute yeah that's fine yeah <laughs> just we'll, we'll we'll just say that you guys didn't have opinions on it no 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 no, no. i got this i think that the nba um, it seems like a lot of their athletes uh, a lot of the basketball players are in touch with their fans their followers on social media and things like that so it makes sense for them to do something like this help grow the league help grow themselves promote do all that i don't think a sport like hockey is also doing the bubble format will uh do this sort of promotion blog sort of thing with the athletes just because it's not really a hockey thing to do i mean just if you look at their social medias they're pretty quiet they're pretty subdued and i mean some of the best players a lot of them actually don't even have social media at least publicly uh so, I mean, I think that it works better in that case just for the NBA compared to the N- yeah, just for the NBA compared to the NHL. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, what was the difference between now versus, like, say, before? Like, Well, I think that, no, I, I think that the difference is now is, is that this is such 
a unique situation that I think that a bunch of athletes are going to take advantage of it and kind of document their experience in the unique situation and bring that experience I mean, to, yeah, they're, to the people. They're documenting, they're documenting their experience. And honestly, this is a you know new experience, but I don't think it's changes to what they were doing before. Like, yay, there's, there's a huge coronavirus going on. We're playing in July, which we never did before. We're playing in a bubble and we have to get and we get paid a tattletale on people yeah i mean sure they're they're gonna you know publish that and talk about that uh i don't know if that's going to necessarily attract more fans that weren't there before uh because it's not like social media <laughs> hasn't been around for <laughs> a long period of time so i mean obviously we're all sharing our new experiences but as far as attracting people more people that <laughs> it was having a heart attack but they have <laughs> <laughs> that they uh that they uh i don't think it's gonna you know promote more people that you know say don't haven't followed the sport maybe they have more time on their hands and maybe they're paying attention more uh i could see that potentially attracting more people but i mean i don't know i mean social media has been around for a while oh sorry for me kind of dying there all i could just imagine is a new wave of leagues like are just players tattertelling on each other there's random antics online like i uh, youtube beefs twitter beefs and all that it's just the future of every professional sports league. Just imagine like Keemstar coming in. Yeah, like yeah. Just That's like a what I was thinking. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Keemstar. So Matisse Stiebel has a beef with uh, <laughs> Dwight Howard. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. I just thought it was a fun way to, to talk about before some serious stuff that we want to talk about before top five from trivia. Um, so there was a, I mean, hyped up is probably the worst way to describe an article that came out like this, but essentially it was an article that had a lot of anticipation leading up to it. A Washington Post article that came out where 15 women who had worked for the uh, uh, the Washington you know football team, NFL team, um, had accused, uh, you know, know management of 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 sexual and verbal abuse um and i think it's important for us to talk about and i know we're going a little bit long here we're going to try to you know keep everything as short as possible but i kind of just wanted to get everyone's thoughts about that about what's going on with the franchise right now and you know and advocating for more women in sports because i think it's important like we need to have a lot more women in sports that's all i'm gonna say but one of you guys please take the floor okay i guess i'll take the floor again because i'm the best i'm running for president 2036 by the way but it's yeah i i think washington's just a very dysfunctional organization at the moment they have been for the better sake of dan snyder's reign as the owner of the organization it's unfortunate because they're one of the nfl's most profitable and well-known organizations before the dan snyder reign even joe gibbs couldn't save them during that legendary coach joe gibbs and uh it's just one of those things where you have to think it might be time for new ownership because you're changing the name might be time just for a new direction just gotta maybe just have a clean slate uh, I, I don't know what that would mean for Ron Rivera because he's a good coach good guy but I just think it might be time just uh, some change for that organization because it's been too long uh, Washington has not been profitable so because they changed the name or no just because like, in general, uh, like just in general they haven't been well run now you had uh, reports of sexual harassment within throughout the organizations for over a decade that's just uh, not 
uh, it's a, a good look for an organization that has to be one of the most prestigious in the NFL. It's just uh, just a waste of a good football market. It's just a tragedy. I want Washington to be good because when Washington's good, it's better. I, I'm an Eagles fan. You see the banner right behind me, but it's one of those things where I want NFCs to be as good as possible because that makes it better. I don't want a team where, oh, it's Eagles, the Cowboys, and the Giants. Okay, Washington, they're going to go 8-8. Eight and eight. You don't have to worry about them. Giants are probably going to be worse than Washington. Well, the Giants will get better, though. At least, even they have, even though they have Gediman, the better run than the, than Washington. Normally, I would say, yeah, of course, but I don't know. I don't, eh. We got Danny Dimes. <laughs> Not good enough. Yeah, I mean, in Washington, I mean, what, their last time they, I think, won the division was a couple couple of years ago when pretty much everyone in the division was terrible. Um, we got They got first place with Kirk Cousins, 9-7, and seven, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think that organization right now, I mean, going, I mean, yeah, they, I mean, we knew they had a bunch of issues even uh, before the name change, but, uh, but, like, and that's, like, even an argument, like, people were talking about the history like they have no history so it's like not to mention it, it, would, it shouldn't affect their history to change the name but uh i mean there's really i don't know they're uh you know hate to say but kind of a joke franchise uh and hopefully they don't pick the warriors because i think that's a such a like not original at all they pick like the red tails or at least something at least something more original that you haven't seen in, uh that you know haven't seen among the other sports i do want to point out also in the last 20 years they've only made the playoffs four times and Before i believe that, that they have th- don't they have three super bowl championships right uh yes three super bowl championships which is crazy to think about like 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 they're very much a joke yeah. franchise for having no, that, that is a good point yeah. and those were in the 80 between the 80s and 90s so they were a great team through like the 70s they were like a competitive team from the 70s yep. to the 90s and then Dan Snyder buys the team and they made the playoffs three times in 20 years I know you have the success of the Eagles which takes a big part of it because the Eagles have been usually uh, above 500 with Andy Reid Chip Kelly and Doug Peterson but also you have the Giants with those Super Bowl teams the Cowboys having some crazy good seasons where they have like 12 wins 11 wins and stuff like that but still the Washington team they've had chances to be good they just never they're always mediocre no matter what Jason you want to chime in on this one Washington is a complete joke let's be real uh, they need a like the Jets they need a, we're not here to bash teams let them speak they need a complete overhaul it starts at the top Dan Snyder whether or not he knew about some of the problems with this organization he definitely knew about the name he knew about a lot of the problems with the team uh, I, I, I think so at least I mean he is responsible for a lot of this. I don't obviously he can't control every action his employees take, but he's an awful owner. I don't think the NFL can make him sell the team or anything like that, at least not now from what we've heard. But he certainly deserves a big fine. He deserves to be punished. He he has kind of created this mess. The Redskins were once respectable. He came in and look what happened. So I'm not saying it the blame all falls on him, but he is just a horrible, horrible owner. Yeah. It's a lot, it's a lot of things to try to unpack. I want to talk more about, I, I guess from my standpoint, I kind of want this to be the last point before we go into top five, because I don't want to try to, uh, I think it's important that we talk about issues like this, especially issues of of women in sports, because women have been trying for so 
so long. And uh, at one point, it was it was frowned upon for a woman to go inside of the locker room of you know like of an NFL locker room or an MLB locker room, and it took it, it took so much just to even get to that point. And the Washington football team isn't the only franchise to have dealt with these problems. This is a systemic problem that has existed in most, if not all, professional sports, and has probably happened in some sort of instance with every team, with every college. This is something that that starts from the top and stems down, and it is a giant problem that needs to be fixed. I wish that there wouldn't have been so much hype around this article because a hype creates a bad thing, especially in something like this. And I wish that there wouldn't have had that hype behind it. But we need more women in sports. There's a lot of great women in sports currently. I mean, I'm just thinking off the top of my head, Lindsay Adler, who covers the Yankees for The Athletic, Doris Burke, great NBA announcer, Mina Kimes, and Katie Nolan, who both work for ESPN. I listen to Katie Nolan's podcast all the time. Sports is one of my favorite podcasts to listen to. And it's because of her. She is so knowledgeable, but also presents the fan aspect of it. I love her to death and and I do mean it. So Katie, if you're listening, love you mean it. But there are a lot of important women that are in sports and we need to highlight that more. We need to push that more. And I hope that it will continue to be pushed forward. And I hope that this is kind of one of those things that helps cause that. And if it doesn't, and I hope something in the future causes that because we need more female representation in sports. I mean, there are a lot of great student journalists that I worked with and friends of mine that I worked with, Paige Leckie, Sarah Sofer, uh, Lila Bromberg, um, Morgan Weaver, just a lot of great female journalists that I've worked with at Maryland. And I hope that they do great things. And I know that they will do great things because they're great people. And I just hope that we continue to try to push this forward. So I guess off of that, we're going to go on to more lighter notes now. And hopefully this won't take too long. And hopefully we'll we'll, we'll get this to about 20 minutes in total. But we're going on the top five this week. Uh, and our top five topic for this week, because of all the craziness that is going on with sports, we're going to talk about even more craziness. And our top five Cinderella stories or Cinderella teams. So that can be in any sport. I know it's a big thing in the, you know, with basketball, but it could be in any sport, anything. Anyone can take the floor. Um, if you guys want me to go first, I can go first. It doesn't matter. Uh, I'm gotta keep the trend going on. So, cause I've gone first every time. One though, I don't know if we mentioned this, but Domingo uh, Jermaine just retired. Apparently, I'm seeing that from Jason. He just said he just said I left baseball in a cryptic tweet, and he went back to the Dominican Republic. I don't know how to unpack that. I don't know how to unpack that, but that's what he said. So I'm just relaying what I saw quickly. Yeah, that's a tough loss. no, that's, that's, that's for the bullpen, right? Or is that for the starting rotation? Uh, he, was a good, he was a good starting pitcher. He had 18 uh, wins last year. Obvi- yeah, obviously, you know, his domestic violence, you know, we can't have that in our sport. But, um, you know, as far as, you know, skill and what he brought to the team, definitely what he would have helped, I think, a lot. Uh, definitely would have helped my confidence good. in thinking that the Yankees have a secured uh, path uh, to a championship. And we'll talk about that yeah. on next week's podcast we will talk about that in our mlb preview i'm not trying to cut you off mike i'm just you you can continue but we are going to talk touch upon that um well so any okay so it looks like uh noah for president 2036 is taking the floor here yes and so my first statement would be at number five on my cinderella stories he did not win this win this actually but he came so close uh tom watson in the 2009 pj uh championship he was 59 years old he led a majority of the time 
the loss in a four-round playoff for the chip. He was one of the oldest players to compete for the, the, the championship in the PGA Championship. You got to give a shout-out to Tom Watson. I remember being covered in the news and all that stuff because he was a guy who played for uh, 30 years at that point, and he was still at the top of his game at 59 years old. You got to give him credit. Cinderella story indeed. Now, to Team Sports, this is the only time I feel like the Knicks would ever be talked in a good light. The 1999 Knicks, they were the eight seed. And in a league with Al Perry today, they somehow made a way to the finals. Yes, the Knicks. The Knicks who are historically terrible the next 20-some years. They made a way to the playoffs. And it's not to the playoffs, to the finals. Even though they did lose to the Spurs, the up-and-coming Spurs dynasty, they didn't make it. Good job, Cinderella story in there. You definitely need some Cinderella magic again. Anyway, in 2012, you have the LA Kings keeping the trend of eight seed teams. Uh, but this time, the LA Kings actually won the Stanley Cup, unlike the Knicks who couldn't seal the deal. Sorry, New York. Uh, but they were able to come from the eight seed and win the NHL, win the Stanley Cup. You gotta give a shout out to that type of Cinderella story. Now, in 2007, this team came out of nowhere, winning 13 out of the 14 remaining games they had to make the playoffs. This was the 2007 Colorado Rockies led by Tula Tulowitzki. I know I probably butchered that name, but... Troy Tulowitzki. It's been a long time since I said his name, okay? But this team, they made it all the way to the World Series after beating my Phillies, and they ended up getting struck by the Red Sox, who won their second World Series since 2004. They've since won more. Good job, Boston. But anyway, uh, good shout-out to the Rockies. I know you're not a massive market, and you don't make the playoffs a lot, but I'll always remember your team that made on, went on a magical run to go to the World Series and get swept. Good job, Colorado. <laughs> anyway, now number one, it's it's not number one on everyone else's list. Uh, it's a travesty. It's going to have to be the Leicester City, the 2015-2016 championship in uh, the Premier League. They were a team that recently got promoted just a year before, I believe. They had one year where they almost got relegated, and then the next year they won the championship. And this is something that cannot be understated in a league that's dominated by money, big funding, and just legacy. Legacy teams win, like Manchester United, Chelsea, or teams that spend like Man City. A team like Leicester winning was almost unheard of. The odds of Leicester City uh, winning was so marginal, yet they pulled it off. They're the ultimate Cinderella in modern day sports, and forever they've got to be known that until my team West Brom comes in next year, wins the championship, or wins the championship league this year, then wins the Premier League. So shout out West Brom also. I'm going to go next, um, uh, and I'm going to try to do mine pretty quickly. So um, a couple of mine have two teams on it, but uh, you know, they, they 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 kind of fall into the same category. So my number five is the Western Sydney, uh, the 2012-2013 Western Sydney Wanderers and the 2017-2018 Vegas Golden Knights. Um, both of those teams, it was their first time. So the Western Sydney Wanderers are a football slash soccer team that plays in the Hyundai A-League in Australia. Um, obviously with, uh, with Vegas, it was their first year in the NHL. Both of those teams, so Vegas Vegas ended up making their way to the Stanley Cup final. Uh, uh, the the Wanderers won their version of of the Supporters Shield in the MLS, m- meaning that had they you know the best record at the end of the season. They ended up losing in the Grand Final in the A League Grand Final. Obviously, the Golden Knights ended up losing in the Stanley Cup final. Uh, but the thing that's really interesting about the Wanderers is that they qualified for the um, the next season. They had qualified for the AFC Championship League, which is or um, the AFC Champions League, which is the I think it's the Asia. 
Georgia Confederation. So like, I guess like that confederation. And they became the first uh, team from Australia to win the Champions League, which is awesome. Uh, number four, I decided to go with the 2011 Japan Women's National Soccer Team. Uh, the reason why I went with that is no, because... No, no, that's not allowed. We are Americans. No, we th- there are... is a reason. I don't care. We are I talked Americans. about a team from Australia. Shut up. No, Americans. You don't choose a team that beats the U.S. I can choose cup. a team that beats the U.S. because it's called It's My Pod. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, not I'm allowed. So, so at the time, uh, there was the um, uh, the I forget what the name of the disaster was, but the disaster um, and the tsunami that um, that ended up happening in um, uh, in in Japan at the time caused obviously a lot of uh, great. There was there was a lot of uh, bad things that happened there, a lot of sorrow, a lot of sadness, a lot of death. Um, and the women's national team, who hadn't done anything in their previous two women's World Cups, uh, and ha- I think had reached uh, fourth in terms of FIFA world ranking at the time ended up shocking the world uh, upset one of the favorites I believe it was Germany in the semifinal and then in the final against the um, the U.S. women's national team obviously the greatest women's national team to date they took them to penalty kicks and beat them in penalty kicks to win their first ever uh, women's or women's world cup title it was a great feat for the country even though for us Americans, obviously, it was something that it was it was it was great defeat for us and something that we didn't want to happen. Obviously, as Noah brings up his American flag, but it was um, it was it was definitely something of triumph for the country of Japan. Uh, number three, I decided to go with the 1966 Texas Western men's basketball team. Um, the first starting five made up of all black players. They ended up winning the 1966 NCAA tournament, and that tournament was held at Cole. Fieldhouse, which if you guys don't know where Cole Fieldhouse is, that is at the University of Maryland, but is no longer exists because they now play at Xfinity Center, but they played the Final Four there. And it was one of the greatest, obviously, Cinderella stories of all time, considering all the civil rights issues going on. So shout out to Texas Western. Uh, you guys are the best. Number two, I decided to go with, um, again, another two things, um, because I thought it was quite interesting. Uh, I went with the 2018-2019 UMBC men's basketball team and the 1997 1998 Harvard women's basketball team. So for those that don't know, UMBC was the first men's basketball team that was a 16 seed to beat a one seed. They beat Virginia in the first round. And Harvard was the first 16 seed to beat a one seed in 19 in the 1998 tournament. And I believe they beat Stanford. So shout out to both of those teams. Both of them were crazy. Both of them were great. We love all of that good stuff. But like Noah said, the greatest Cinderella story of all time has to be the 2015-2016 Leicester City Foxes. Um, oh my my goodness, 5,000 to 1 odds to win the Premier League at Christmas. The great escape the year before to escape relegation. They were in relegation. The great escape at the end of the season to, you know, get into safety. Uh, and then somehow winning the Premier League, even though Arsenal bottled it. Arsenal bottled the league, even though they beat Leicester twice. They bottled the league and I hate him. And I hate them for that. But Leicester City, great run. Jamie Vardy had 11 straight games where he scored a goal, which was a new Premier League record, beating Rude Van Nistelrooy, I believe, from... Uh, I believe it was Man United. Um, and yeah, they were another crazy team to win, almost like Blackburn Rovers back in the 90s, two of the weirdest teams to have won the Premier League. And also shout out to Liverpool again for winning the Premier League this year. And shout out to Leicester City for currently being, I believe, in, in Champions League qualification somewhere around there. 
So also, one of you guys shout can, out. What? Shout out? Shout out to Jamie Vardy as well, who just scored his 100th goal just not too long ago. Hey, shout out to Jamie Vardy again. Shout out to Jamie Vardy again. Yes. Uh, so, so Mike seems to have not cared about this podcast anymore because he thinks that we're going to go too long. So why don't, why don't we go to Mike and see what he has for his top five? Oh, thank you. Let's make this short and sweet. How about that for a change and not, you know, detail every little thing <laughs> in what's going on in top five. All right, number five, one of, you know, growing up as a Knicks fan, probably one of the most stunning moments we have ever seen three weeks in February. That is Jeremy Lin's sanity. He absolutely came, exploded onto the scene, lit up Madison Square Garden. It was must-watch TV for two or, like two or three weeks in February. And the Knicks finally were winning some ball games for once. Um, number four, uh, I'm going to pull out. I had to do this. Uh, uh, at me being a New York football Giants fan. The 2007 New York Giants obviously did not expect them to go win a Super Bowl, but definitely a Cinderella story. Um, beating the 18-0 and Tom Brady's New and Bill Belichick's New England Patriots. Patriots in Super Bowl 42 had to be on the list. Number three, I had to give it to my 2011 St. Louis Cardinals. It really did look like the Texas Rangers should have won a World Series, especially they had two chances to do it. Uh, they did not do that and uh, definitely had one of the most thrilling comebacks in baseball history. The St. Louis Cardinals taking the 2011 uh, St. Louis Cardinals, taking the number three slot. Uh, number two, I did have to consider uh, one of the greatest franchises in, uh, that I've seen in football. Unfortunately, that being the New England Patriots, uh, especially in 2001, Tom Brady comes on the, onto the scene. Uh, the sixth-round pick, no one knows – what he's going to bring to the table. Uh, apparently, it was a Hall of Fame player and uh, led the Patriots to a Super Bowl victory. And number one, I would have to give to uh, – my friend would enjoy this pick, but I have to give it to V Nation, a.k.a. the Villanova Wildcats, in 1985. Lowest seed to ever win the NCAA tournament. Uh, and that's going to round up my top five for this week. Thank you. Don't know there's the worst. That's all I got to say. Didn't UConn a few years ago against Calipari in Kentucky, weren't they like – Yeah, they, they were, were They were a Cinderella story too. Weren't they the lowest seed though? No, they were seven seed. They were they were the first seven seed to win. Oh, all right. which which doesn't really matter because Nova was the was the lowest seed to win. So it's uh, kind of like we're the second lowest seed to win. Exactly. All right. Well, we're still the lowest seed. If you're not the lowest seed, come on, man. I stick with the March Madness about Cinderella here. to start my list. At number five, a team that won one big game in their history, but I had to include them. UMBC, 2018, University of Maryland, Baltimore County men's basketball. The first 16 seed to win a game in March Madness. It was against Virginia, and me and Noah were at like a Denny's. A Denny's. Virginia. Yes. <laughs> what happened? Watching on my phone. We were my like, first ever country fried steak. <laughs> and only number four uh 2006 
seven New York Giants went on a run as a wild card playoff team to eliminate the previously undefeated New England Patriots in the Super Bowl. Number three, 2012 LA Kings, the eight seed in the West and the first and only eight seed to win the Stanley Cup. Nineteen Number two, 1980 U.S. Olympics men's hockey team inspired the movie Miracle, of course. And of course, the Americans defeated the Russians who were considered to be the best in the world at hockey. And number one, you know, this one was weird to put this here because if I was going to include it on the list, it was going to be number one, but I couldn't decide if I wanted to include it or not because they were a good team, but I don't know, they weren't really recognized compared to other teams uh, in the NFL because of the NFL and the AFL. That is the 1968 New York Jets. The AFL was thought of as lesser than the NFL, but the Jets had a great season in the AFL. They then played the Baltimore Colts, who were favored by 18 points in Super Bowl three against them and defeated them in a game that Joe Namath guaranteed to win and he did. The Jets victory gave legitimacy to the AFL. That is my list. I'm not going to let Noah rant even though he wants to rant because we got to finish this off and I'm sure he's going to say something about the Jets um, but uh, we'll let we, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll save the rant for next week uh, before the baseball pod starts but we're going on to trivia and our trivia kind of has to do with weird things but it has to do with because of the quarantine and the bubble teams are playing in places that they really haven't been to before because the because the MLS and the NBA are both playing in Orlando. There's a couple teams that are playing out in Utah, and those aren't their home stadiums. So uh, we are going to start with something that Jason might have seen at the beginning. So question one, uh, Carlos Zambrano made history when he no-hit the Houston Astros on September 14th, 2008, and he no-hit them 5 nothing. What was unique about his no-hitter? It was in the Superdome. No. What? Did he hit a home run? Yeah, what 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 was unique about it? The hurricane? Carlos Sobrano? Yes. Mike is Mike is part. I will give Mike the point for that because he said the hurricane. So the game it was the first neutral site no hitter in history. Uh he the game was played at Miller Park in Milwaukee. So the Cubs played at Miller Park in Milwaukee. Uh, due to Hurricane Ike, which had ravaged Houston. To be fair, I was close. I knew it was in a different stadium. Question number two. To this day, the only fanless game in, in Major League Baseball history prior to the COVID-19 pandemic was a game on April 20, 29, 2015 between the Baltimore Orioles and Chicago White Sox in Baltimore. Most people don't know that the Orioles put up a sixth spot in the first inning, but who hit a home run in that first inning onto Utah Street? For, for the, the Orioles, Orioles or the... Uh, for the Orioles. Seems like Adam Jones. What? Did Jason say? Chris Davis? Adam Jones? Yes. I think Jason said the correct answer, which is the GOAT, Chris Davis. He had a three-run bomb. <laughs> a total guess, but I had, to, I had to throw that out there. The GOAT, Chris Davis. Lowest qualifying average in the history of baseball. Shout out, Chris Davis. So it is 1-1-0 one, one, going on to question three. What was the first outdoor game played in NHL history? It, regular season. Penguins at Sabres? Penguins, yeah. No. Both of you Flyers, are wrong. Flyers at, against Rangers? No. Flyers, Flyers Penguins? Wrong. No, the first, no, it was Oh, Montreal Edmonton. What year? Come on, I need I need 2003. There we go. Thank you. The 2003 Heritage Classic which existed in Canada. It's not American. I'm not a Canadian. I don't it, the NHL I'm exists in Canada I and America. the Pittsburgh Sabres were just after that, though. It was yeah, the first it, it, was, it, was, it was in 2008. That was the first Winter Classic, but the first outdoor game right, was in 2003. Right. 
Okay. Bonus point. There was an exhibition game played 12 years earlier. Where was that game played? An outdoor game? There was an outdoor game played 12 years earlier. Hartford? No. Nova Scotia? No. It's not in Canada. Uh, Vegas. Yes. Lynch gets the bonus point. It was played in the parking lot of Caesars Palace. It was the Rangers and the Kings played an exhibition game in Las Vegas. So Mike now has three points because he got the bonus point on that one. (laughs) Big bonus point there. Uh, so we might not have to use my overtime questions, but I kind of want to throw them out. Okay, to, no, question number four. While not known to the public, there was a very unique WNBA All-Star game played in 2004 between Team USA and a group of WNBA players. Why was this game so unique? Well, I don't know much about the WNBA. Okay. I would throw out an answer just they were both on the same team. <laughs> I don't know. No, the game was played on the stage at Radio City Music Hall. What? They played a game at Radio City Music Hall on the stage. Oh. How? The stage was big enough to hold a basketball court, so they played a game on there wow. in front of 6,000 people, which I didn't know that Radio City Music Hall was that big, by the way, so that's actually quite a, kind of I know crazy. It's, it's big, but yeah, wow, that's pretty good. Next question, and the final question. We will make this a two-point question because my... Three! <laughs> three! For a comeback! <laughs> no! No! Because... No! Okay, okay, we'll make it... If you get it, it's three. If Jason gets it, it's two. If okay. Mike gets it, Mike wins. Got it. Uh, the carrier class. I no. already won. No, you didn't. No, I want to make. I want to do overtime oh, questions. When they change these rules. Yeah, right. I know it's ridiculous. Oh, I'm, so like, I'm, I'm making it yeah, everyone in the gets case. one. If I need to do an overtime, then there's an overtime. But we need a Cinderella. I'm the okay. Cinderella. Okay. Number question number five. The carrier classic started in 2011 with a game between North Carolina and Michigan State. Why is this game significant? It's on an Air Force carrier. Oh. Yes. No one gets oh. it right. It was on an. It, it, it was on an aircraft carrier. Carl Vinson in San Diego. It's America. called the Carrier Classic. No kidding, it's on an aircraft carrier. Should have said it. That is so, that's the dumbest overtime. <laughs> that's not a dumb, no. No, no, that was an overtime question. Now it's me and okay. Lynch overtime. Okay, yeah, I, I was going to do overtime because it's going to be fun. This uh, is What's the home of Syracuse basketball and why is it unique in the world of college basketball? Syracuse, New York. What does that even mean? No, what's the name of the stadium called? The Orange Dome or whatever. (laughs) The Carrier Dome. Yeah, there we go. Mike's right. (laughs) My God. Okay, Mike wins. It is the Carrier Dome, which is also the home of Syracuse football, for those that don't know. So they play inside of a giant football stadium, which is weird. And I still don't understand why it's on one side of the court. I almost made my comeback. Yeah, you almost made Two weeks of trivia, I'm not impressed with. What? What? Now, the last two weeks of trivia, I'm not impressed with the. Hey. I am in charge next week. It is the baseball. Thank you. No. Hey. Jason no. at least knows what he's doing. Thank you guys Happy for tuning in this week. Shut up. Man. I, 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 gotta, I gotta give a shout out for the birthday. We got a Jamie Chayette's 50th birthday. Also, yes. Alex Murphy's 22nd birthday. We're gonna we're gonna end it here. Thanks so much for tuning in. Make sure to follow us on Twitter. Uh, at Sportsbook One, make sure to Mike turn off freaking Taylor Swift. <laughs> Feel free to listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Watch us on YouTube. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. Stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll talk to you next week.